to be able to go on from here, to learn more about you, and to glorify you more. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, I am, um, just to start, and I, I don't, and I'm going to ask you not, not to clap with what, there's nothing wrong with the clapping, but I'm going to ask you tonight not to clap with what I'm, I'm going to say, but I, I just want to, um, y'all to um, just hear, hear me say out loud, I really appreciate the band uh, and, and what they do, uh, and you know, sometimes it's not always right. And that's uh, that's fine, but they come in here week in and week out, and they take the time uh, to prep, to lead, and play, and I appreciate it uh, because I, I couldn't uh, do a lot of what I do without them. And 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 Jeff uh, has stepped in to help lead them as well, which has been a great help to me. So I just appreciate y'all uh, and and uh, what you do week in and week out. And it you know I would just say this through not necessarily tonight, but through the weeks. Youth are are sometimes afraid to say, "Hey, thanks for for what you do to to peers." I mean, it's a, it's a great thing to do at times, just to go, "Hey, thanks thanks for for leading." Or, man, I really enjoyed that song. Uh, we all need to be encouraged at times. I'm not saying for y'all to bombard them tonight, uh, but but y'all can make an impact. You think, well, what what can I do? They don't really. I might be a, 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 a in the seventh grade or ninth grade. They don't care about me, but that means stuff. That means something when someone says, hey, th- thanks for taking the time in, in what you do. So I just was wanting to say that. Sorry, that was just, that was just not planned. It's not my notes. What will I do now? I, um, who wrote the book of 2 Timothy? Paul, and he wrote it to? 2 Timothy, that's right. No, the first and 2 Timothy, he, he wrote to him. And he wrote it around what year? Do we remember? Uh, yep, long, long time ago in a galaxy not so far away. Uh, 65 AD-ish, where was Paul when he wrote the letter? In jail, in what, in what city? Rome. And it was right before he was going to die. And uh, is, 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 would you call Tim, Tim, Timothy an acquaintance of his or a, a mild friend, 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 friend of his? What would you call him? Like a son. Okay, so let, just keep that in mind. I will, I will p- pound that into your um, brain because I want you, when you leave this place years from now and someone goes, open it up to the book of 2 Tim- 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 Timothy, you go, Paul, to his son of the faith, Tim- Timothy. He was in Rome, but about to die. Important words he's about to form. I want you to know this because th- th- this, this word of God is alive and it can change your life if you will just give it a chance. But you've got to get in it more than just going, I'll just depend on Dan. I know Dan's an amazing speaker. I know, I know. But you need much more than that. Amazing, too, compared to a snail. Now, drama. Drama. Has anybody experienced a drama in the past year in their life? Not being a part of a drama, but experienced drama. Is most everybody else asleep? Because can I tell you this? We all experience drama all the time. Someone, someone said this. You said what? Huh? You said who? I, he, going, trying to get my girl. What? Uh, what? I should ask her out. I'm not sure what to do. Drama, drama. It's all a part of our lives, right? If someone has, I have zero drama in my life. You have the most boring, you're staring at a wall uh, uh, for 28 hours a day. Okay, so we all have it in some way. If you have relationships in your life, you have drama. If you have 
parents, you have drama. If you have in-laws, you will have drama. I've heard, not experienced it. If you have outlaws or extended family, there will be drama. If you were to go to the movies and this is like, come see this, this, this movie and there's no drama at all. It's a man on his horse as he walks around in circles, the whole film. That would be the most boring thing ever, right? Books have drama. Without a plot, without a twist, without a, without a, a funk to mess things up, we can't have drama. So it, it's a part of our lives, everyday life. Even Paul deals with drama. Look here in 2 Tim, Tim, Timothy chap, chap, chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. It's quick. Don't miss it, but it's there. Verse 15, and I'll butch these names up because I didn't take the time to study them real well, but that's okay. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Stop. Verse 15 there. He, he, he talks about, one, everyone in the province of Asia deserted me. They have abandoned me. They have left me. Drama for Paul right there, right? If you're abandoned and left by, by folks that you've poured into, how do you feel? Sad, great word, betrayed, ticked, hurt, crushed. Paul felt this way. And then he, he talks about including two, which were evidently friends of his, or, or he thought a lot of them at a certain time. Paul has drama in his life. Now, we, we, we talked about, and it could have to do with, you know, some thought Paul was in chains because he sinned, and, and the Lord, the, the, the Holy Spirit was not with him. That's what was why he was in jail. So it could be part of that crew that has left him and abandoned him, but he felt drama. Now, as I looked at that text and I thought about it, because it's sort of nice to know, Paul, that's not, I don't want to hope drama on anybody, but it's sort of nice to know that Paul had it too. And this is only one little line which he talks about. So I thought about, have I had any dr drama in my life? I go back to 1993. Sorry, guys. I know some of you are like, that's eight years before I was even thought of. Okay, or 12 years. Okay, you just need to grow up. Okay, <clears throat> I'm working at a church as a volunteer helping 7th and 8th grade guys. I'm not paid. I'm just going there to help. I also helped run the games uh, for the Wednesday night crowd, so I knew all the youth. And at the time, I'm in co college, Palm Beach at Atlantic, <clears throat> and there is a cute girl that I'm supposed to give a ride to church with because she doesn't have a car. She's, we're both sent there from the school to go work at this church and help out. Her name is Michelle Champion. Now, if you don't know that, but that might be my wife's maiden name. Um, so I'm giving her a ride. We're just friends. We, we've only been, we've known each other for about two months or so or three, but I, um, I'm taking it slow because I'm scared to death. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, like scared. Uh, but we're just friends, but I'm like a lion in, in high, high grass. 
She has no idea, but I'm stalking this prey slow. Yeah, sort of. And I'm just waiting for that right time to pounce. So, we're in this youth group. In comes a plot twist. And a senior guy named Bobby. Bobby. Never trust anybody named Bobby. Is there anybody? (laughs) Who was 18. Michelle was 19 at the time. I was 22. So he's a senior in the youth group. And when she comes into the room, you can see him starting, you know, start, you, know you see that. when it, you know, He's like strutting and, and he's trying. To, and so I, I, I saw this four, four, day, four weeks before. My wife, being as sweet as she, she is, is like, oh, he's just being friendly. And, and just didn't ever see it. And I'd be like, oh, you're smoking crack. I didn't, I might have said that. Um, so one night, Oh, it's a bad night. Bobby comes up to me and says, hey, uh, are you and Michelle da- dating? And w- he wouldn't ask me if we were talking because that doesn't, didn't exist back then. And it's really not real now. Y'all are just weird. Uh, were we dating? And we weren't, 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 weren't dating. And I knew in my heart of, heart of hearts that, um, that Bobby had no chance. So I was like, no, man. We're not, and so he goes. Well, do do you mind if I ask her out on a date? And I thought to myself, "Ooh, I'm going to watch this and see what goes down because this could be fun to watch." And so I said, "What am I supposed to say? No, stay away from her. We're not dating. We're just friends." So I said, "Sure, man, that's cool." So the night goes on. I'm doing games, so I sort of forget about things. Well, we get in the car to go back to college, and it's about a 15-minute ride back. And Michelle's being very quiet. So uh, I said, hey, hey, do you, uh, you have any interesting talks with Bobby? And, uh, and she said, she said, yeah. And I said, well, what would he say? Thinking, oh, this is going to be, she was having to squirm her way through this. She said, uh. He said uh, he he spoke to you and you told him you never ever want, wanted to go out with w- with me, and uh, so he wanted to know if if I would go on a date with him. <laughs> and can I tell you, can I tell you in that mo- moment? Now I'm a I'm shy. I'm like a lion that's about to pounce who has just been stabbed with a spear through the skull. Okay. <laughs> And I was like, oh, and I didn't say anything. I know. I was so, now you don't understand. I was so rocked by what he had said. I couldn't think straight. And, and so we just drove the rest away like an idiot. I know. I know. Who's smoking crack now? I know. And, uh. Needless to say, about three weeks passed, and I finally asked her out on a date, and she said yes. Yes, okay. So I was a little slow, but in that horror of the moment of the drama, I froze. Man, I froze. After I passed, you know, just an ending to the story, uh, and the kid was a nice, sort of a nice kid at the time. You could, you know, Bobby, you know, I, I was okay with Bobby. Well, not after he 
blatantly said that. I mean, I was like, dear Lord, I have no chance. Um, he was, it's sad because he was arrested for murder two, 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 two years late, 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 later. So um, I think she picked the right guy. But still, that, 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 that's sort of a, a sad part of the uh, story. The um, getting back to thing, can I, I t- tell you this? Because what we're going to see in this passage, Paul talks about drama, drama in his life. But what I like about it, he doesn't dwell on the, the drama. You just, he says one verse that talks about the bad stuff, and he takes three to talk about this one guy. Man, that's the attitude we've Because can I tell you, drama is going to hit you all the time. Drama is going to hit you so hard that instinctively you're going to want to just shut down and freeze like I did. But you've got to press on and look around because when there's this one bad thing, I guarantee there's, there's five great things if you will just look around and see it. Because look at what he says about this guy in verse 16. He says, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, uh, 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 because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed, ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Praising this guy, praising this guy, praising this guy. So what I like in, in the text, we just see Paul talks about something that, that is not great. He had poured his life into some of these guys that had left him. But then he talks about the one that stayed. And sometimes we've got to look at the one that goes for it and does it right and not the rest of them that fall away. That'll really preach for those that, that teach uh, the word or wherever they're at as well. Um, so, looking second, we're going to go through verse 7 of chapter 2. So look at verse 1 of chap, chapter 2. It says, You then, my son, once again he calls him my son or my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How do we get through the, the, the drama? One small phrase, be strengthened by the grace. What is grace? Don't say anything out loud. I will share it with you. Just think it real loud in your head. Grace is this, the freely given, unmerited, unearned favor and love of God. That's what grace is. It's the, you've not earned it. You're not good enough. You're, God doesn't look at you and go, oh, Special right there. I need to get them on my team because I need their help. No, it's, it's you don't earn it. God gives it. How can that concept of grace help you out? Because when you deal with drama in this world, you need to take this grace that God gives you and you need to share it with whoever has hurt you. They don't, des- well, you, they don't deserve it. They've stabbed me in the back like four times. I'm not saying turn your back to them, but show grace to them. I'm not saying trust them with everything. If someone hurts you, hurts you, hurts you, that doesn't mean, well, for, forgiveness means I forget about it and I trust them with everything again. Here, take all my, my money even though you robbed me five times. That's not right. But grace is, is trying to love them, not hold the grudge against them. doesn't mean you have to trust them or turn your back to them. So he goes on to say, how do we deal with drama? With grace. Take this grace you have and use it in your life. Now, verse 2. He's going to say, in verse 2 through through 6, he's going to talk about four professions or jobs and, and some highlights about them that, that your spiritual life should look like or have. If you are a b- believer in Christ, it should have this strength. 
in it. And look here in verse 2. And what you've heard me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will also be able to teach others also. Point number one, believer in Christ, if you're living out your faith, be like a teacher and teach. Now, don't take, well, you don't know some of the folks that have taught me. I'm not saying take that model, but be like a teacher and teach. These things, can I tell you, these things you learn from me, whatever it might be, whatever good you can glean that is from God, you learn from me. God expects you to pass it on. One of the greatest movements around the world is discipleship, where young believers in the faith come and they learn about the flood and Noah's ark and how God saved them and how God loves them. And he said, I will not flood the earth again. They learn about that, and that's all they learn about. And that week, they go out to wherever they live, however far away, and they teach that to five more people. They come back and they learn the next part because they've not heard it yet. And once they learn it that week, they, they go out, their, their job is to go out and share it. And when they learn about Christ for the first time and the cross and what the cross means, they go out and they share it right away with, and just share as much as they know. That's one of the strongest discipleship movements around the world that there is right now. So we need to be like a te- teacher and teach. Who here, um, uh, who here knows uh, in high school knows Mr. Domkowski? Y- y'all do. He's my my ten year old son's uh, soc- soccer coach, jo- Joseph. And we were at soc- soccer pra- practice uh, just a day ago, and he came up to me at the end and said, "Man, I use Joe a lot today. He understands the uh, game, and we had so many kids there. I couldn't really tell a lot of the kids what to do, and so I asked Joe to help. And so he spoke up and he helped to lead and guide a lot of these kids on how to play the game and where to be on the field. And he said, and so." Uh, he, he understands the game so well, he, he was a big help. Even a 10-year-old child can teach. Do you, you understand? We can teach. You go, well, I just don't know that much. I'm just sort of, well, maybe tonight you learned about grace and what grace is. And when there's drama around you and you, your friends go, man, I'm just going to stab them in the back. You, you might go, you know what? I would have the urge to, to stab them harder in the back, uh, twice. But you know what I'm, I, I've learned is that there's this thing called grace, and it's what God gives me, and I need to share that with those. There's little things. You don't have to go and just, I'm going to go preach wherever I go. Well, if God has called you to, to do that, go do that. But we just need to speak it wherever we go. Be like a teacher and teach, point one. Go to verse three. It says this, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Be like a soldier and be committed to who you say to the one who enlisted you. That's who we're called to be. What are the what are the hours of someone who is in the ser- 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 service? What what hours a week do they work? Like 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 nine to five. Whenever they're needed, okay. Enlisted, they're, they're they're on call all the time, right? At any time, they they can be called up and say, "Hey, you you need to be at point B, and you're going to fly to point C uh, in two days, and you're going to be there for this amount of time." And what do they do? Do you you hear them go? Uh, nah, sorry, dude. Um, Star Wars 
Blu-ray is about to come out, and uh, I got to get that first. You won't do that. If they tell you uh, to go dig a ditch in the rain, you're going to do it. If they tell tell you, get down and give me 50, not money, that's push-ups, you're going to do it. If they tell you to go run 10 miles and you think I can't, you're still going to do it. Why? Because you are going to please the one who is in, in command over you. You're committed. If they tell you to go on the battlefield and there's a chance you are going to die, you still do it. It's a picture. It's, it's the most clear picture of commitment we, we, we pro, probably can share because they're going to do what their commanding officer has told them to do. How much more should we be like, yeah, you know what, man, I need to do what my commanding officer has told me to do. And I'm not your commanding officer, just to let you know. Sometimes I want to be, but God is. Through Jesus Christ, his son, you're, and that, that's who we, we honor, that's who we, 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 we follow. When he says go, we go. When he says give, we give. When he says speak up, we speak up. Why is our commanding officer? Be like a soldier and be committed. Verse 5, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. <clears throat> Third point says, be like an athlete and be quali- quali- qualified. Now that sort of, oh, you think athlete qualified, I think you'd go be like an athlete and do your best and stretch for the line. Try to best to win. And look, let me share this. In the gr- Greek games, which were run in Paul's time, Every participant had to meet three qualifications to, to be in it and to stay in it. The first, he had, he, he had to be a true-born Greek. If he wasn't a true-born Greek, he could not compete in the Greek, the Greek games. He had to train at least 10 months, and when they would train, they would go without pleasures and, um, and uh, things that they may like, and they would train this whole time. And, and they would have to go and swear in front of the statue of Zeus that they had trained for that long or more, or they were not allowed to compete. And Zeus for them was the god of gods, and you don't want to—they didn't want to go 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 against Zeus, who's who's a, a fake god, just to let you know. And then the third thing is they had to compete within the specific specific rules for the given event, whatever rules it's it said. In the event, you've got to run in this lane, you've got to go this time around. They had to do that. Any of these three things, if they broke them or they weren't true, they were disqualified from the games. Can I t- t- tell you for a Christian to be qualified, you've got to be born again. You've got to, be, you've got to understand you, you sin, your sin separates you from, from God and that you can't make it on your own, and God made a way through Jesus Christ, his son, who was born without sin, who lived a perfect life, and he died on a cross. The cross did not kill him. The sin that was laid upon him did as he died for a sacrifice, the right sacrifice for our sins. You must, be, you must accept that, believe, have faith in Christ. That's the first thing you've got to be, to be qualified. You must also be faithful in the study and o- obedience of God's word. If we don't study, if you go, yeah, I, I put my faith in, in God, but I, I don't really know, read this or have sit beneath someone who will, t- will will teach this, but I think I've got it all right. 
you're you're uh, you're not connected to the vine. You know, you you think you you can't grow. You're going to die. You don't have it if you're not getting in the word, being taught the word, and getting on the word. And then the third thing is, as they've got to obey the rules of the race, we've got to obey the rules of, of God. The standard that he sets, now you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, but he says fight for it. Fight for it. We've got to be qualified like the athlete. Verse 6. So we've got the, the, the one that will the te- teacher. We've got the, what was the second one? The athlete was, and the what? Soldier, good, okay, that's good. I'll just make sure y'all are paying attention. Verse 6, it's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Be like the farmer and work hard. In your faith, be like the farmer and work hard. Um, I don't know in this life if there's any profession more hardworking than the life of a farmer. If you've ever known, known them, especially back in the day, but even now they're up before dawn, way before dawn. They're working outside in the fields in the heat. They go through the night taking care of the livestock that they have, and usually it goes late into the night, and they wake up the next day and they do the same thing. And it's not like you've, you've built a house and you see it up in, in a month or your part in it. It takes a long time for those crops to grow up, and you're, you're working hard to do it. And we're called to, it, it's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. He, he's the one that has earned it. <clears throat> you know, one thing I thought of is, are you, you willing to walk this Christian life alone? Because uh, many times I thought of the farmer, they must be self-motivated in what they do. They've got to get up. They've got to do the job, the same thing. A job a lot of people don't want to do, they get up and do it. So for to be strong in our spiritual life, that's what we're supposed to be. And it, 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 it says this in verse 7, and this is what I want you to do, because I'm not, I'm not going to explain a whole lot more tonight, because we've sort of gone through them. And you've got to start reading some of this text on your own and just chewing on it and thinking about it. Because it says, verse 7, think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Chew on this text. Chew on what it says. Drama in my life, how do I deal with it? I deal with it with grace. God has given me grace. I'm going to share as much grace as I can. And when I don't, I need my friends. Uh and Pastor Mike has done this more times than I want to count. I want my friends to say, hey, I don't know if you're getting this right. Show a little more grace. Work on this. That's what we do as believers together, as a youth group, as a church. When someone starts to, to go off, we love them. But be like the teacher and teach. Be like the soldier and be committed to the task. Be like the athlete and be righteous and compete by the rules. Be like the farmer and work hard. And can I tell you, it's not easy. None, all this stuff is not. That's why partially so few do it. Because, you know, I don't know if I've got time for this. You don't have time not to, to do this. At your age, if you can start to grab this stuff and live it out, you'll be so far past where I was when 
I froze in the car that night when my wife told me what that guy said. Let, let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for uh, tonight, for each one here, the chance to talk about your word. Um, Lord, the examples of, of these lives, of what you call us to be. And the standard is so high. Uh, but God, may we be reminded of your grace that you pour out on us. Because when I'm reminded of your grace, that's when I'm moved to stay on task, to live for you, to be a light for you. Bless each one here. Bless their homes. Uh, and may we give you honor. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, I'm going about to have a parent meet, a meeting in here in like two minutes or three minutes. And so if you know your parents aren't going to be here and you want to hear some things about camp or the D-NOW, you, uh, students, you may need to stay in here. But, but y'all can.